everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Let's uh, welcome on our show ESPN Compass Media football analyst, both pro and college. He's a, a Super Bowl kind of guy and a good uh, guest to have, Chad Brown. Welcome on the show, my friend. Glad to have you back. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Now, Chad, you know, you're know you regular on our show. We've had you come on talk uh Pac-12 football, college football, NFL football, you're our guy. It was about a year ago, Chad. You probably don't remember. Uh, we were coming into the season, and I said, you know what? We're talking about all this other stuff. Let's talk about Colorado football. And you said, there is nothing to see here. Let's just move on. I, there's just really that's a program that's in wreckage. What a difference the year makes. It has been completely fascinating. You know, As a Colorado Buffalo alumni, uh, I was just saddened by the state of the program. Right. And now, to your point, fast forward to this season, you bring in Coach Prime. The Prime effect has been amazing. The millions and millions of dollars he's brought to the city of Boulder, uh, the wins he's brought to the football team, the optimism, the hope, the belief. It has been a. It, I, I, you know, when he came in and with the plans to turn over the roster, I knew it would be maybe the greatest roster turnaround in college football history. 88 new players, 68 new scholarship players since the end of last season. But I didn't think it would be possible to get all those guys to play together so quickly. The best teams I've ever been on weren't the most talented teams. They were the teams that found a way to play the closest and and play for one another. I didn't think that was possible within one year. Coach Prime has already pulled it off. It's been an amazing thing to watch and and just a pleasure and joy from a Colorado Buffalo uh, perspective. Now, Chad, I'd like – Clearly, you know, it looked like a, a Laker game the other night. And the, the so the celebrities are all there. How has it been for you guys, like the former Buffs? Has have have you guys felt welcome? You guys and la- and and ladies, have y'all felt welcomed also? You know, because a lot of times these schools like you kind of fall out for whatever the reason is, but has Dion and the new staff made you guys feel welcome, the former Buffs? Yes. <clears throat> Coach Prime has em- has embraced you know, past Buffaloes and past okay. Buffalo greatness. We were part of the team that brought a national championship to Colorado. Right. We're the only team that did that. So for guys in my era to come back, uh, I've seen Cordell Stewart around there. Okay. When I went into the locker room after the Nebraska game, I ran into four or five of my former teammates. Uh, and, and by the way, in that locker room, the podium that Coach Prime stands on in the middle of the locker room to give his pregame speech, that becomes a dance floor after victory. It nice. is the most bananas situation <laughs> I've ever seen. Those guys are having so much fun. I can't help but be a, a, a touch jealous of the amount of fun that, they, that he has injected into the program. Uh, we had fun after victories, but Coach Mack was not putting a dance floor in the middle <laughs> of the locker room. So tip of the cap to those guys. They're having a blast. Uh, Chad, is, is this sustainable? That becomes the next question, obviously. You know, you, 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 you get the win against TCU. Okay, well, you know, Nebraska's a rivalry game, and 
Can you stand up to Nebraska? Get the big win against Nebraska. Okay, you have a super hard fought, you know, punch for punch, blow for blow win against CSU. Uh, obviously, passes were incredibly high. A lot of unsportsmanlike penalties, dirty play out there. Now they got Oregon coming up, and then they got USC after that. So now you're entering the real phase of your schedule. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to be able to go undefeated. Right. Uh, so if they were to lose one or two or both of these games but somehow be competitive, I don't think that would take away from the momentum that is being felt out here. Um, but, but at some point, uh, this team is you know, going to suffer defeat. And what does that do to the locker room? What does that do to that, that dance floor in, in the middle of the locker room? What does that do to Prime and his messages? Because he's certainly being very uh, confident and cocky with the media. And that's how Prime is going to be. So uh, there's always going to be haters. Right now it seems to be about 85 believers and 20, uh, 15% haters. Do those haters' numbers and grow larger with a, a Buffalo loss? We will have to see, but it's going to be a lot of fun finding out. Yeah, my my, and you know what, Chad, and I don't care. I'm on the bandwagon. My shirts on back order. It's, yeah, there's, all the merch is on back order. I can't. You know, I went to Fanatics. They told me they ain't gonna ship it till December. So I hope the record is still good by then. <laughs> but um, the, I you know what's crazy to me, Chad? After seeing what Colorado State was able to do, like at any given Saturday, for people to really give not pe- not everybody, Chad, but for most people, majority of people to give Colorado no shot to go into Eugene and win is crazy considering what we just saw happen. Going into that game, I don't think anybody gave Colorado State a chance. So after seeing that, how do we not give Colorado a chance to go into Eugene and win? I don't get that. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how people's memories are so short. Uh, I I believe TCU was favored by 28 points over Colorado. So, uh, yeah, any given Saturday, anything can happen. It's college football. At no point did I think CSU – would be able to go uh, blow for blow with the Buffs. At no point did they think would that, that they would be the more physical team for three quarters of that football game. Now, you know, looking back, it kind of makes sense for the Buffs have to have two big wins, and maybe the emotions weren't where they needed to be to play Colorado State. I played in that game a number of times in the form of Buffalo, and when you play an instant rival like that, the little brother, Colorado State, you know they're going to come out punching. You know they're going to get they're going to land a couple of blows. Back in my day, they would land a couple of punches, and we'd be like, oh, my goodness, it's 14-14. Let's, let's turn this thing on. And then we would turn it on, and, and it ended up being 48-20 to 20 or something like that. Right. Uh, this current version of the Buffaloes, while Shador Sanders is talented, we saw what Travis Hunter can do when healthy. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Their offensive line and their defensive line got exposed a bit against Colorado State. TCU and Nebraska weren't fully able to take advantage of that from a play-calling perspective. Uh, I thought they had some missed opportunities because they weren't exploiting the weaknesses up front for the Buffaloes. Now the the blueprint is out there, uh, put out by Colorado State, and we'll see if Oregon and USC can follow that blueprint because if you're going to beat the Buffs, you, you don't attack them at their best player like Shador Sanders. You attack them on their offensive defensive lines where they are the weakest. Right. Uh, Chad Brown joining us, our NCAA football insider. We uh, talk a lot of college football. We'll talk about uh, the Broncos in just a second as uh, we want to talk about uh, Russell and Peyton in just a minute. But before we go there, uh, you're long affiliated with the uh, Pac-12 in that part of the world. And as we watch Colorado get ready to leave and head to the Big 12, well, we're excited to have them down here. 
talk about what you see the Pac-12 going. We were just talking about Washington State and Oregon State and where they find themselves. Do you see them landing someplace, or are they going to be the last and then the first of the new Big 12 or the Pac- new Pac-12? I I don't see it how that how that comes together uh-huh. uh, with, with just with just two teams left um, with no media rights deal and that's the reason why the Pac-12 imploded basically was because there was no media rights deal with the Big Ten and the SEC getting over sixty million dollars a year from their media partners uh, with the Big Twelve getting thirty three million bucks a year from their media partners how was the Pac-12 going to be able to pay its universities and, and keep funding those programs with the media rights deal. And that's when that couldn't happen. And when the uh, deal was with Apple TV was, was floated out there, it became clear that that was not going to be a enough money and nor enough to satisfy some of these schools. So the big schools left Washington left Colorado left. So the, the, the PAC 12 went from 10 remaining schools because USC and, and uh, UCLA were already going to the big 10, but the, eight remaining schools left because of the lack of a media rights deal. Um, I'm not sure there's going to be a media rights deal, even if they were to try to gather up UNLV and San Diego mm. state and uh, San Jose state, and maybe try to get Boise to come in. I don't think there's a media rights deal available for the leftovers from the PAC 12 to get other schools to join in for that. So I think the PAC 12 is done as a Southern California guy. I grew up watching USC, UCLA, uh, obviously, the Rose Bowls in my backyard in Pasadena, right. where I grew up, and watching the Big Ten champion and the Pac-12 champion play in the Rose Bowl. So I, I, I will miss the Pac-12 when I think of college football. In my mind, that's what I think of, the college football of my youth, Pac-12 football. But unfortunately, uh, that is gone. And it's gone forever. Now, after four weeks, Chad, did you predict the Pac-12 would have the best football conference in the country? Uh, I Well, I knew the quarterback play was going to be great. There's some talented quarterbacks in that conference. Uh, and so often, you know, it, whether it's pro football or college football, your team, your conference goes as the quarterbacks go. So with that right. much talent under center, you, I, I gave the Pac-12 a shot, and it's going to be, you know, ironic that in the last year of the Pac-12, right. it may be the, the best season that overall the conference has in maybe a decade plus. Now, they have to go into their – Pac-12 schedule, and there's a tendency for those teams to beat each other up. So at the end of the season, the records may not be as gaudy as some other schools who maybe have a, an easier conference road, but the play will be real, still really good and definitely entertaining. Chad Brown joining us here on San Antonio Sports Star, our college football analyst, Pac-12 analyst. You've seen him on Compass, ESPN work, former pro football, former Boulder, uh, former Buffalo and living in Boulder. I, I want to talk to you about the Colorado football program as they have leapt into the forefront. And we saw a picture of Deion standing next to the number one quarterback in the country. <laughs> Do you, does Colorado have the infrastructure ready to fund the NIL that is the NILs that are going to be required to get the guys and keep the guys that Dion is going to get? That, again, these questions start flowing. Like dominoes. Okay, well, you're winning. <laughs> now you're bringing recruits on campus. Well, okay, now you can probably sign a recruit, but can you keep a recruit? And NIL dollars are an important part of that. So I think the Buffs have certainly done their best to put an NIL collective together, but uh, I don't think they're as far ahead as some of these more traditional blue bloods of college football. So it's going to it, it, it's going to take some time for these recruits to meet the level of pay, which is <laughs> – this is a bananas conversation to even think about just three or four years ago that we're talking about 
got to pay these kids to stay on campus. Uh, but I think they're behind, you know, collectives like Ohio State and, and Tennessee who've got, you know, 30-plus, 50-plus million dollars in their collectives that they're able to peel off money and, and keep these recruits on campus. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. When Rick George, the athletic director for the Buffs, introduced Coach Prime at his opening press conference, he admitted, I don't have the money to pay this guy. But hopefully the money will come from someplace. With the amount of attention the Buffs have gotten, uh, donations to the university are obviously up. Donations to the NIL groups are obviously up. So now they got ways to pay Coach Prime. Now the next step is to figure out how to pay these recruits and how to pay them at a level that will keep them on campus. Chad, I thought Sean Payton was going to come in and be the, the next coming of Jesus and everything <laughs> was going to be perfect. And, <laughs> and now you got to go. You're 0-2 headed to play Miami across the country. Is, is this Sean Payton-Russell Wilson marriage going to last or are we going to see Jared Stidham? Talk to me, Chad. Uh, well, Sean Payton started greasing the sled a little bit uh, this week after the loss. He talked about Russell Wilson and the operation of the offense. He mentioned Russell Wilson's fumble a number of times. He didn't call Russell Wilson out by name, but he mentioned Russell Wilson's shortcomings a number of times publicly. And Nathaniel Hackett last year was certainly unwilling to do those kinds of things. Right. Russell Wilson operates with that uh, super positive spin on everything. Nothing's ever bad. It's just an opportunity to get better, all that Russell Wilson kind of talk. <laughs> uh, but it's, it was refreshing in one, on one hand to hear Sean Payton call out the poor play from Russell Wilson. On the other hand, in my mind, when coaches start calling out their quarterback, even with you know not mentioning their name, that's starting to begin to begin the, the end of things for that coach and that quarterback relationship. The Broncos have to figure out if Russell Wilson is worth keeping around. Uh, at, at a with a quarter billion dollar contract, the dead cap hit would be significant. Um, but if they got to find a way to move on. I think a year of Sean Payton should give them all the information they would ever need to be able to make that decision. Um, Sean Payton was brought in to turn this offense into a higher-scoring offense. Uh, one week he was able to do that last week, the week uh, before against Vegas, only 16 points. And he was also brought in to turn this team around from a clean football perspective. Right now they are the most penalized team in football. The defense is the most penalized defense in football. So they're not playing clean and they're not scoring a lot of points things that Sean Payton was brought in to fix. If the numbers aren't there, but wins happen just because Payton's there, is Russell okay, or is will it have to be wins will keep him on the field? Uh, obviously, I think wins will give you a, a longer leash. Um, but it's hard to imagine this Bronco team, particularly the way the defense has played in the first couple of weeks, being able to defend the Miami Dolphins and their high-flying attack. So chances are the Broncos will be 0-3 after this, this football weekend. Um, another couple of losses or another couple of poor performances from the offense and from Russell Wilson, I can imagine Sean Payton saying, you know, Stidham, this is, you're, you're up to bat. They made him a priority, Stidham, during the free agency period. He's signed to a deal that is really high for a backup quarterback. I believe he makes almost – five million bucks a year. So when you're paying Russell Wilson a quarter of a billion dollars to have the luxury of a five million dollar a year backup is something pretty unusual unless your coach has a tremendous amount of respect and sees a potential player in that backup quarterback. And I think that's how Sean Payton views Stidham. Who'd have thought that the Denver sports would have been brought down by the Bronx 
and the Rockies oh, and carried by the Nugs and the Buffaloes. That's where you guys are. What's the altitude of the Denver right now? Who's got a bigger following? Because there's kind of a bet going on inside our building uh, that no matter what Colorado does, they'll never overtake the Broncos as far as popularity and all that. Is it kind of close right now? Oh, it's no doubt. It's flipped. It is absolutely flipped. The apathy for the Broncos um, has been going on for a couple of seasons now. And there were so many no-shows late in the season last year. Now, this year, with the optimism, with Sean Payton coming in, becoming the head coach, the ticket folks, the ticket season ticket sales, and people showing up to the stadium were definitely high. But then you have two home losses in a row to to start the season. So now the apathy is back versus what the Buffaloes are doing, uh, engaging fans, sparking interest that maybe has disappeared for a decade plus. The Buffs are the bigger ticket. The ticket prices for the Buffs are way bigger than the ticket prices for the Broncos. And it's hard to imagine that turning around anytime soon. That's crazy. I want to ask Chad a question. that there, there, there might be three people in the world that can answer the question I'm about to ask, Chad Brown. Y'all ready for this? Chad, I've got a 17-foot boa constrictor that I need to ship from Augusta, Maine to San Diego, California. Can you do it, and how much would it cost? All right. Well, first off, that would be the world's largest boa constrictor. <laughs> well, I'm just, yeah, I, want to, I want to make it hard on you. It's not a python. Uh, our, our big snakes. But they typically, you know, top out 10, 12 feet max. A 17-foot boa would be an incredibly large boa. But if it were to exist, uh, I know a company <laughs> called Shipping Reptiles that could certainly help you out with that. Uh, that's my company. I specialize in shipping reptiles all over the country. It's exactly what I do. And in fact, uh, I think this week moving to the system, we got a 60-pound uh, tortoise that is moving to the system. We've got a 30-pound monitor lizard that's moving through my company. And so we can certainly accommodate your fictitious. <laughs> Just remember the name, Chad Brown. Man, it is always a pleasure. You're a good man. Very talented. Thanks for stopping by today, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys.